Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy strength, in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 19 and 67 The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. One day telleth another, and one night certifieth another. There is neither speech nor language, but their voices are heard among them. Their sound is gone out into all lands, and their words into the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which cometh forth as a bridegroom out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a giant to run his course. It goeth forth from the uttermost part of the heaven, and runneth about unto the end of it again, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is an undefiled law, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, and giveth wisdom unto the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, and giveth light unto the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endureth forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant taught, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can tell how oft he offendeth? O cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep thy servant also from presumptuous sins, lest they get the dominion over me. So shall I be undefiled and innocent from the great offense. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Psalm 67 God be merciful unto us and bless us, and show us the light of his countenance and be merciful unto us. That thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Yea, let all the peoples praise thee. O let the nations rejoice and be glad, for thou shalt judge the folk righteously, and govern the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Yea, let all the peoples praise thee. Then shall the earth bring forth her increase, and God, even our own God, shall give us his blessing. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the world shall fear him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the forty-third chapter of the book of Ezekiel. Afterward he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the glory of the, Lord, the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the visions which I saw by the river Kibar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate which faces toward the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple, while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, for I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name. They nor their kings, by their harlotry, or with the carcasses of their kings on their high places. When they set their threshold by my threshold, and their doorpost by my doorpost, with a wall between them and me, they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed. Therefore I have consumed them with my anger. Now let them put their harlotry and their carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here beginneth the 37th verse of the 7th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. <clears throat> On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David, and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, are you, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers, that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright, 
Grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. A couple of thoughts about our lessons tonight. We begin in the Psalms, in Psalm 16, and or Psalm 19 and 67 tonight. And uh, we have to, I think 19 is a good um, lead-in to um, what the lessons, what connects the lessons tonight from Ezekiel and John 7, which are a little bit difficult to piece together. But uh, Psalm 19 is a famous, it begins with the famous line, the heavens declare the glory of God, um, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork, right? And then, so it's a, it begins with a meditation, a kind of contemplative viewing of the creation, um, and perceiving in the midst of the order of creation that the creation itself mirrors and reflects back in a kind of worshipful way. Uh, the uh, the attributes of God that He is orderly, that He is powerful, that He is um, that He has great compassion and care for all that He makes, um, that He lo- that as Julian of Norwich, the famous mystic, said uh, that He created it, that He loves it, and that He sustains it. And so, and through that, we're we're you know the psalmist goes on to meditate on what can then be as the as a human being, as a person created in the likeness of God. What it's the experience of, of that kind of creature um, observing in the ordering of creation the attributes of God and then and then kind of bestowing a, a kind of self-knowledge in that as well. That as one perceives through the order of nature, the nature of God, one understands a bit more being created in the likeness of God, what one must be like. And so this uh, the Psalm 19 progresses from a um, from an obs- a kind of contemplative orientation towards the world around the psalmist to perceive in the midst of it how one ought to go about, how to walk in the way of the Lord in humility, how to walk in obedience and in reverence for God, how to um, be properly human and to um, and to walk in a way that keeps our humanity intact in the midst of the world and not to mistreat the world or and thus dishonor God and or, you know, sort of um, objectify and ruin ourselves in the midst of that. 67 um, is this kind of response to this, that as the psalmist, you know, in 19 perceives through this and at the end of 19 uh, comes to the point where uh, he he prays, right? He offers a prayer at the end that we began our prayer tonight with, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Um, That through this contemplative prayer, he is then sort of the prayer um, this prayer emerges from the heart. This prayer, uh, this prayer comes out, and it's a, it's a prayer for help um, that God would come and uh, and provide the ability to offer the words of the mind of the heart and to offer the the oblation of one's hands that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And Psalm sixty seven is the response of God to that prayer, which is that the Lord graciously condescends from His high throne and blesses that which is offered to him in that in that kind of contemplative mode of thanksgiving 
which is what we would, you know, kind of commonly call Eucharist in our tradition. Uh, and so 67 is the, the, the kind of the end, the end of all of that, which is that God will pour his spirit upon in mercy and compassion and in blessing and will um, sort of glorify that which is offered to him, both, um, you know, of the creation, but then also the person who offers uh, anything with that kind of a, of a, of a posture of the heart that, uh, that that person is destined to receive um, that blessing from God in the act of offering that thing with an open heart, um, with a free, with, with a free hand. And so, um, and that has ultimately the effect of being the kind of uh, magnifying relationship that as the person formed in prayer magnifies God, God magnifies the one who prays. And there's this kind of back and forth where, you know, as we pray sometimes at the offertory of mass, you know, we, we pray Solomon's prayer from the consecration of the temple, which is um, of thine own have we given thee, O Lord. You know, we, we have only given back to God what he has already given to us to give to him. And so and this becomes a, a kind of our the, the main mode of our evangelism to the world. The world sees this thing happening when it's happening. And it has a natural gravity, a kind of attraction to it, pulls people toward it because this is humanity as it's meant to function in the world as God made it with the God who made and loves and upholds it. And so when we get into the Ezekiel lesson tonight, we see that this is the destiny that God means to bring about. We have to remember that. Ezekiel is the prophet of the captivity. He's uh, he's preaching entirely uh, his his oracles entirely within the captivity in Babylon, um, and so to receive this vision near the end of the book of his prophecy, where he sees a vision of the restored temple as a tempting vision. Um, but the thing that um, really makes it uh, makes it complete is the glory of the Lord returning from the east and filling the temple with glory as in the day of Solomon when he consecrated the temple. Now, this is something that goes on to be a bit of a controversial prophecy, because even though the temple gets rebuilt by Ezra and Nehemiah after the return from captivity, the glory of the Lord doesn't descend upon the temple in the same um, explicit way that it does with Solomon or, or had earlier done over the tabernacle in the days of Moses. And so the question is, is like, well, is this the temple or is this going to be the temple or is this almost the temple? And you had all kinds of factions that developed over that question there. But the end, you know, Ezekiel's prophecy is that, no, the Lord, the Lord's glory will fill this place. And this will be his seat forever, a restored Jerusalem that is no longer corrupted, a restored temple that is no longer compromised by idolatry and a restored people, true Israelites who um, are all those who come and attend to the worship of God and offer with thanksgiving their oblations. And of course, we see that this happens in the gospel. This is, you know, Jesus is standing in the middle of the temple and proclaiming that his, the spirit of God is going to fall now in blessing and in mercy on all those who call upon him. Um, and he's anticipating Pentecost in this on the other side of his passion and ascension. But um, you see in the midst of that, this kind of ongoing debate uh, and this ongoing divided uh, heart among the people that he is preaching to um, and that they they look upon this and this with the same kind of, you know, sort of partial understanding and skepticism. And, you know, what we see in the, the response and the rejection of Jesus's words here is exactly the opposite of the psalmist's posture of contemplative receptivity of looking out to behold and not looking out to project of looking out to perceive and not looking out to prove. Um, and this is the posture of the Pharisees and, and of the people, too, who are under their pastoral guidance. 
uh, is that they, they say, oh, well, you know, if we take this verse of the scripture, it, it clearly means that this guy can't be the Christ because uh, he doesn't come from Bethlehem. He comes from Galilee. And, you know, we know as readers of the whole gospel, yeah, he actually does come from both um, and from Egypt, bizarrely, you know. And um, and so what we see here is we see it's it's less about the details of the thing and more about the posture that's that's evident through how this is being you know presented. And we see this culminate as the chief priests say, like, Ah, uh, you know, it can, you know, like, like, does any one of the, anyone who knows what they're talking about actually believe this guy? And they're like, no, clearly not. And then there's Nicodemus, who we end tonight with, who had gone to him by night and is now trying to make a defense for him without actually being obvious that he is now kind of becoming a disciple of Jesus. And we'll see him as uh, later in John's gospel in when we get to Holy Week uh, this year, we'll see how Nicodemus ends up. Uh, but for us tonight, um, I think we we need to, we, as we go into Lent now, into pre-Lent, um, in anticipation of Lent, we have to remember that this is, we're beginning with that end. We're beginning with that vision of the end, of a restored creation, of restored hearts of worship in a restored temple that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And to be found in him, offering with him the Eucharist of God, that is, that's the height of our existence. That is to be fully and fully alive and most human. So we are anticipating our ability to go do that tomorrow when we go to church. Continuing with the prayer for all conditions of men, or the intercession on page 590, excuse me. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. And thanks for Robert, my co-leader tonight. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank, Thank you. you, Father Hayden. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good evening. Thank you.